something with my cousin. Keep back. Plans fell through. So I gotta continue, man. I gotta push on. On tonight's episode, going to be going through uh, Thomas Soul, as well as Replicant Fish. And that's gonna be good. Been out of commission since Thursday night. Boy. Alright, let's get this shit started. Let's get this started, man. Let's get it started, man. Jersey Judah back once again with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. That's right, man. I've been out of commission since Thursday, episode-wise, but I've been out of commission, out of the loop since Friday, Friday morning, I was going to do an episode, had my phone on the charger from last night, 48%, that's where I put my phone on charger, <gasps> excuse me, put my phone on a charger at 48% the night before. Was about to do an episode, looked at my phone, mind you, plugged into the charger, still at 48%. So at that point, I realized, oh, okay, my phone is done. Whatever problem, it's, and and it wasn't like I didn't see it coming, like my, my screen was cracked, a whole lot of problems I had with my phone, but I was still throwing down episode after episode, day after day. So it was hard to let that phone go, but I sure as hell threw it away. And fortunately, I had got paid Saturday, which I was actually supposed to get paid tomorrow. But sometimes they pay us a couple days ahead. 
So I just went and bought another cheap phone. I didn't even get a plan for the phone. I just bought the phone because I know I can run everything on my phone as long as I have Wi-Fi. And that's what I've been doing. So there's that crazy, right? Like I said, I haven't recorded in the past three days and it feels as if it's been a week. But all that bullshit out of the way, I am back, man. Um, new episode, new phone, new sounds. I had to download all of my, uh, well, I haven't gotten all of them. A couple of new ones. Some you may have heard before, like this one. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. You know what I mean? And by the way, as well as... The Black Ops theme song. But, um, yeah, we're going to... Keep it laid back tonight. Uh, my cousin was supposed to come through um, at like six, but then something had popped up. So I told him, you know, I was just going to start recording around eight or nine and it would just be better just to reschedule because I, I, I would wait until later on. But then I, I just won't feel like recording. And I kind of enjoyed to be honest with y'all, kind of enjoyed not recording. I know that sounds bad, but everybody needs a break. But uh, break time's over, right? Sunday, I'm going to have, I'm going to at least try to have this uploaded tonight, which I, I probably will have this uploaded tonight, considering the fact that, you know, I haven't been on here in a while. Um, I wanted to go through some shorts, but I was having problems with that volume-wise, so I'm just going to leave that alone. I have Thomas Soul, but I also want to go through uh, some raw, some real, some red pill. Is he wrong for saying this to her? And that is by Replicant Fish on YouTube. But we're going to also go through Thomas Soul, the origin of social justice. I believe that's what it's called. The origin of social justice. All right. But first, the raw, the real, the red pill, replicant fish. Video is simply a question. Is he wrong for saying this to her? Let's find out what it is. Is he wrong for saying this to her? This the dude I decide to be with. You're like, you can get out. You're no, like, what you mean I can't get out? <laughs> you're like, you don't get How you gonna kick me out of the car just because we went on a date? How did I waste your time? I mean, We're together. I mean, gotta take you on for me to be able to get some. Fifteen. Fifteen dates to get some pussy, guys. Fifteen dates to get some pussy from a woman who probably already gave it up without any dates, not just one date. Oh, he just, well, he was attractive. So why not? You know what I mean? Not one of those cases. One of those Netflix and chill. No, not, no established communication whatsoever. Just come to the crib. She comes over. <laughs> clapping cheeks. <laughs> clapping cheeks. Now she's looking for a beta. Where's Jesse Lee? I still look, look, guys. Are you a beta male? Beta, 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 beta. beta. 
<laughs> I got some new sounds. But anyway, 15 dates to get a piece of fish that's already been passed out. What a mess. Emotional damage. What the? What in the hell? Now, she could be joking. For context, the point is, he's been taking her on dates, and after all these dates, she still hasn't given him any. Nothing! Now, some would say that's no excuse. Her body, her choice, indeed. But his time, his choice. To this day! As it should be. From SwaggerMagazine.com, why is she making me wait to get some? SwaggerMagazine.com, Swagger Magazine. Give me a break. Wants a relationship, okay? This is the central reason that generates the rest. You need to get it around your head that if she wants you to wait, she's clearly interested in a relationship. Bullshit. And in some cases, that's absolute BS. She's just stringing you along. Before you even begin to wait or pay any more attention to this particular woman, you need to decide now if she's worth it or not. Nope. Sadly, for most women, they're not. (laughs) No. You are hurting my feelings. I'm flipping out or not. In some cases, it may happen after three dates. But in others, it takes months. Damn. For some years, you do not want to put in all that effort unless you are really sure she's worth it, which is exactly the point how many modern women are. Waiting to establish trust. Again, it goes into the first point. Moving on, according to the majority of the women that have answered this question, this is their central reason. It means a lot of things to women, much more than it would mean to us as men. So I will do my best to exemplify. Most importantly, she wants to know that you will call her the next day. Yeah, yeah she's lucky. Unless that box is trash. Disgusting. <laughs> no, seriously. She also wants to know if you're the kind of guy that will not sleep around once she has slept with you. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, give me them goods. Seriously. And finally, she wants to know if you're a good investment and being with you isn't a bad choice. The investment issue can be avoided if you make her feel good all the time. (laughs) How about you? Please. The only way to speed this time up is to constantly reassure her that you are interested. You feel good around her. You can't wait to see her next time, etc. Bollocks. Wants to know your intentions. Again, goes into the first. She clearly wants to find out if you're just going to sleep with her and never call her back. Yeah. This can be easily clarified if you do not insist on sex every five seconds. (laughs) Every five seconds, that's a bit extreme, but whatever. If I get them into bed and it seems they do not want to have sex, there's a couple of ways to approach this. And this part's interesting and hilarious. First night, I try three times to get into her panties. That's usually the place where they say no. If she says no, then it's a no. So why would she even get you into bed with no clothes on? That's a waste of your damn time. Like a woman. Second night, I don't try at all, making her think that I'm not only interested in sex, and in the third night, I try again, but only once. All right, let's, all right, but only once. Are you beta male? Beta! 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 Whatever, all right, just, uh, whatever, just whatever article, whatever. No one cares. My point is, addressing women making men wait, yes, we've heard it a million times before. Women making men that they want a long-term thing with, bond relationship with, they would hold out on giving those men the goods. However, in most cases, that's absolute BS. Because the man she really wants sexually and physically, yeah, she's going to drop jaws quickly. 
she's not going to hesitate. And then women further insult men by telling men, I didn't care about him. I slept with him, what, second night? But I didn't care about him. What does it matter? She's crazy. Okay. And this is what I've said before. said this a while back. I pointed it out with a lot of these women when they talk about categorizing men or they can compartmentalize sex. So if they meet a person who they're not really into, but for some reason they're attracted to them, they'll tend to sleep with them before meeting a guy who's actually compatible with them. They feel that it's logical that that guy should wait. But the guys she can instantly sleep with, she'll just sleep with. And this isn't all women, but of course, when you look at the TikTok, the TikTok thought, um, all these women, they tend to pretty much mimic one another, talk about the same thing, um, where the good guys are always going to be the guys that have to wait. And the good guys, in the process of them having to wait, they're going to have to spend money. So these women are nothing more than electronic prostitutes, except the guys don't get their share. They're getting singled out. They're only being looked at as dinner dates. Um, They're only being looked at as emotional tampons. And maybe every now and then a shoulder to cry on. These guys are nothing more than male girlfriends to these bitches. You know it, and I know it. And the guys, and it's like, think about it. Like, really, think about this on a logical perspective. So you're telling me this guy would have to take, you know, it it may be sarcasm, but maybe it isn't. When these women say, well, that woman says you got to take me on 15 dates in order to get any action. Think, think on the last guy or the previous guy. The last guy, nine times out of ten, didn't take her on that many dates. She was interested. He was interested. It happened. The guys that are being held accountable to do this, they're simps. They're desperate. They're going to do anything uh, for a piece of the action. And they're going to put in the most and get the least out. This is this is how it works. And really follow me. Pay attention. They put in the most and get the least out of it. The guys who are attractive to the women, they don't have to put in any effort to get that attention from the women. Because the women show interest in the man rather than the other way around the guy just showing interest into the woman and the woman not feeling the same way but she knows that this guy is weak-minded enough and easily manipulated about you i'm gonna make you wait one of the dumbest things women say to men but to them it makes perfect sense bullshit sense are you real life over here trying to leave me because i want to yeah, have sex you with you get out the car what you mean what do you mean get, get out on the a good ass day get out on a good ass day okay like why the but, fuck would you even come on man like you wasting really, my time I'm really 10 days really it's like two days 10 dates guys are you beta male beta Beta, beta, beta. 
10 fucking dates. What a disgrace. What a disgrace. This guy's a fucking idiot. You're a dumb fucking dumb. You know what I'm saying? This guy's an idiot. You're a dumb fucking I'm <laughs> that's my new one now. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my cousin. This is what I was trying to show you before, but I recorded it and I just made it a sound button just because it's funny. You're a dumb fucking dumb fucking dumb fucking dumb holy shit. Emotional damage. <laughs> I'm black. I'm sorry. That shit is funny as hell. It's ten. <laughs> Honestly, I'll give him props for even doing that much. Like, ten he's, days. He's a better man than me. But ten, ten. That's really like ten days. Because at least he was committed enough for ten dates. The, the article was talking about three. This man did ten. Really? Like ten days. Can't go down. Three times as much, <laughs> and she's still holding out. Yo, it did. And she got two kids. Nah, nah, Hold look. up. Hold up. I gotta bring that back. Oh, I gotta bring that back, yo. I've been trying to get that sound clip for a while, man. Hold up. I got to bring that back. Oh, shit. The dumbest things women say to men, but to them it makes perfect sense. Bullshit sense. Are you real life over here trying to leave me because I want to yeah, have sex with you? Get out the car. What you mean? What do you mean? We just went on a good car. ass date. We just went on a good ass date. Why, okay. Like, why the but, fuck would you even? Come on, man. Like, you wasting really, my time. I took really, you like 10 dates. Really? And dates 10 that honestly i'll give him props for even doing that much like he's he's a better man than me that 10 10 that's really like 10 days because at least he was committed enough for 10 dates the, the article was talking about three this man did 10 really like 10 days desperation for pussy. three times as much <laughs> oh, yeah. Yo, <laughs> got two kids now nah, nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say it's wrong. That's been busted open. It's, it's been busted open already. Like, yo, two human beings have emerged, have bust out of that. Really, you, you're worried about one man, really. You're worried about one knob, really. That's gonna make. It's gonna make. And by the way, <clears throat> of course, she's a single mother. I mean, I mean, how how low can you go? Ten dates. Scott should be ashamed of himself, man. What a mess, man. What the? That's that's a nigga that turned... <clears throat> like, he literally turned simping in a full-time career, right? <clears throat> it's like every date to a simp is like a course. Like, how can I pedestalize this woman more than what I'm already doing? As if doing it even more is going to grant you some vagina. And these women, they just, you know, they have fun talking about guys like this. They have fun talking about guys like this. Despicable. Much of a difference. That's fucking ridiculous. Really, please. Those kids wrecked it when they came out. But see, uh, that's, that's drastic. I'm being drastic, but you get my point. Really? Like 10 days. You know, you get my point. A man's time is valuable. You can't make a man wait for boxers that's had two escapees. <laughs> Already, you had like, your dude, boy give me it's that. the dude I decided to be with. You're like, you can get out. You, you know what you mean? I can't get, you can out. get out. You can get out. Yeah, walk. Yeah, walk. Use your legs. Walk, woman. Walk. You used to having your legs up in the air. You got two kids. How you gonna kick me out the car? Just because we went on a date. How did I waste your time? We're together. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna take you on for me to be able to get some. 
Oh, yeah. By the way, I don't have the disclaimer thing anymore. So let me just start off by saying this is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304s so you can understand their nature. Thoughts, excuse me, thoughts and scandalous ass women should not be tolerated. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. I actually remember that word from word. So I'm going to I'm going to make my own fucking disclaimer just to play in the beginning. But yeah, man, my whole phone <clears throat> phone was wiped out. So um, all of my sounds and shit is gone. So I've kind of just been gathering different sounds. But let's continue. You got two kids already, but you try to to give it up to me. Two so kids. you think I'm just easy like that? Yeah. At some point in her life, she's gonna act like she wasn't easy. Yeah. This is a modern woman talking. A modern woman talking. What's common in a lot of modern women? Crazy. Emotional damage. <laughs> this woman was possibly easy. I'm not saying she was, we don't know. But more than likely, she possibly was. Easy to a lot of men. There are a lot of men who never took her out on dates and got her drawers. Never took go. her out. Never made her any there noodles, you go. any instant noodles. You know those cheap noodles you get and you just add hot water and that little sachet packet of seasoning? There are men who have gotten her drawers and not done that much for her. She belongs to the streets. I'm not even trying. Okay, and you're going to. Man, listen, you you can get out. That's sad. I can get out. You realize you can get out. Man, I'm not even. I'm wasting your time. Yes, you got two kids. Shut up, bitch. Anyway, you guys get the drift. You guys catch the drift, right? You guys get it. I mean, I can't even really talk bad about the woman. It's really the guy's fault at this point. That right there should already tell you. <clears throat> You're taking a woman out on 10 dates and, and not getting anything out of it. Just and, and think and say and say to yourself, who else is this woman currently seeing? Because remember, they're just dating. So she can get piped out. You know, she can get piped down on the side for sure. All right. She's she's definitely getting piped behind the scenes. The guy, either he doesn't want to realize it or he's that delusional to think otherwise. Who knows? Ten dates, though. It's like, all right, man. For one, if nothing, if nothing for sure is established on the first date, there should be no reason for a second date. Doesn't matter how attracted you are to the woman. If she's not establishing uh, any emotion or if she's not bringing anything that would qualify her as a woman to be around long term, you probably shouldn't want to take her on a second date, let alone a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. This is absolutely despicable.
This guy's a fucking fool, all right? You're a dumb fucking n- You all right? <laughs> That's a good one, right? You're a dumb fucking n- I also have this uh, swear button when I talk about the gays and the f- right? <laughs> when I talk about the gays and the f- hits. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a little funny, right? Or if I talk about Jews or c- you know what I'm saying? I can censor myself now. Okay, so we're going to just move on. We're having a good old time, a hootenanny of a time. Why not? Sunday, haven't been on here in a while. Haven't been podcasting in a bit. So we're going to kick loose on this beautiful Sunday night. We're going to move on to Thomas Sowell, more serious subject. All right. Thomas Sowell or Sowell, he black. The origin of woke. I thought I said social justice, but really, what's the difference? By Thomas Sowell, and this is from 1995. Keep that in mind. This is from 1995. Let's get it. The vision of the anointed. Now, that's a that's an interesting title. Who are the anointed? Hold up. I think we're going to go for a drive. I'm going to do something old school. A lot of the, I don't know if it's something that's known. To go on a boonie. Some of those out there know what I'm going to say. Or what I'm saying already. I'm about to just go on a boonie. Right? Because I feel like driving. So let's continue. Elite in the media and the in politics, all of those who think that third parties ought to be making people's decisions for them. The subtitle is self-congratulation as a basis for social policy. In other words, people who think that everything that's wrong with the economy, the country, is due to the fact that other people are just not as smart as they are, and if only they could, you know, or people like them could take over and make our decisions, we'd be so much better off. But in the early in early America, didn't this sort of educated class make the decisions for everybody? As far as governmental decisions, yeah. but the government itself didn't make uh, the decisions for everyone. Uh-huh. Now, uh, you know, you, you can't decide where your kid's going to school. You can't decide whether or not they can move a, a halfway house for drug for drug users next door to you or whatnot. It's out uh, of your control. The government that, decides. That's that right. Side. The government decides too many things. They decide also how your children will be raised. Uh, you may have an idea about how, at what age children should be introduced to sex and in what manner, with what kind of moral commitment. You mean as a parent? You as a parent, a parent, yes. Uh, the schools have taken that over. By the time you even think about it, they've already had years, you know, showing... They're passing out condoms to these kids. Passing out condoms is not not even the half of it. Uh, They're they're showing uh, motion pictures of naked couples engaging in sex, both homosexual and heterosexual, in the 70s. 1995. 95. Yep. 1995. 
And look what's going on today. What the? Great. And if you complain about it, that's that's considered to be censorship. You don't you you can't pull your kid out of school and say they don't have to put up with this stuff. I guess you could, no. but you'd be uh, well. If you have a private school to put in, but you have compulsory attendance laws, and if you don't have the money for private schools, then you're stuck. Where did this country get off the track and decide that the federal government should make most of our decisions? Well, it started to some extent in the New Deal, but I think the 1960s is sort of the golden age, if you want to put it that way, of this whole mindset. And that's what the book's about. It's about a mindset. It's not about a series of policies, but of showing how in policy after policy, those who think a certain way will uh, try to take over other people's decisions. How do you characterize the liberal philosophy today from the conservative philosophy? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I guess the main thing about the liberals, again, is that they think of program will do it. If there's something that they don't like in the society, you have set up a program and that will solve the problem. Uh, I think one of the things that, one of the words they use a lot is solutions. And I argue here and elsewhere that there are, not, there are no solutions. There are just trade-offs. So for example, when uh, Ralph Nader launched his attack against the Corvair many years ago, he said it's an unsafe car and it does the, has these safety problems and those safety problems. And in some respects, the, uh, he was correct, not all. Uh, but the fact is, there were other things that a Corvair would do that made it safer than other cars. Uh, and on net balance, it was as safe as the rest of them. Are you saying there are no solutions to our problems as Americans? There are no solutions to anybody's problems. There are trade-offs. You know, um, Safety is a classic example. Uh, every, every, every year, so many hundreds of thousands of people are, are vaccinated against um, measles, smallpox, those kinds of things. Now, this saves and that's several hundred lives that it's estimated. It also causes brain damage to about 30 kids a year. Now, there are no solutions in that. There are just trade-offs. What about crime? Take crime as an issue. Can we solve the crime issue or fundamentally solve it so it's reduced? Well, then that, that's, just, that, that's, that's, that's a trade-off. You, you, know, you, don't, you don't solve it. There will always be crime. There always has been. Uh, but you want to keep it down to some level that's not this astronomical thing we have today. Uh, for example, the people, the, the liberals right now are saying, you know, crime is eased off uh, in New York, and that's true. Uh, there, were, there were six times as much crime in New York a few years ago as there was in 1960. Now it's down to five times as much crime as there was in 1960. Now, that's not what I regard as a great, as a great, as a great trend, unless it continues a lot, a lot, a lot more strong. Liberal. Now, 1995, I gotta keep reminding y'all, <clears throat> this is done. 1995, look what's going on in New York today. <clears throat> look at the quote-unquote racial tension that is going on in New York today that these people in media want to create. They want to stoke the flame and keep racism alive to promote their political agenda, to get the minorities to march, and in some cases protest, and in some cases, even riot. Whatever the crime is in New York, compared to 95, I guarantee you it's pretty much the opposite. I can say that for a fact. Whatever divide, and the divide, you know, in these discussions, these conversations, these episodes, I appreciate the political divide, right? In which white in general means nothing to me in the term of judgment. If something is white, 
the judgment from my point of view, getting past the race, the racism and the BS on, on that level, it's okay. Most people that advertise this type of victimhood are white liberals. And the white liberals, they do it to pander to the minorities. Okay? If you are not, to some people, not to all, especially the blacks, especially the blacks, um, when they notice that a white person isn't willing to pander and tap dance for the black for votes, that's when they'll consider them a racist or they don't care about blacks. And then the Democrats, not all, not all, but most, they advertise themselves as if, you know, we're here to save you. They're going to keep you in the same, they're going to keep you in the same predicament. They're going to keep you in that victimhood mentality. They're going to keep you in that slave mentality. And I remember this one poetry, or this one poet, or poem, I should say. I'm black. This one poem was written by a black and he was talking about how hip hop and that media today is just modern day slavery where we are free from the chains, but yet we purchase our own bondage. And what that means is the people were unchained, released from the chains, only to go out there, go into the streets, cause chaos and purchase a chain purchase a bracelet but this time it's jewelry right it's deep if you really think about it but these white liberals not all not all not all but most especially those on television they're going to try and get and went over as many blacks as many uh hispanics and as many minorities in general which includes the the gays the trans and all these other uh, miscellaneous groups because they know that most of the people today are going off of emotion. They're going off of feelings and they're not going off of logic. So these are the people who are easily manipulated, easily controlled, um, easily told what to do, when to do, why to do it. And like I said, they're not looking for the things that are really taking effect. They're not looking for things that are actually useful. They're looking for things to distract them. And then you got, in a lot of cases, a weak leader like today. We got a weak leader. The administration is garbage. It's all corrupted. But then at the same time, you got these Republicans talking about, hey, we got all this information. We have all these alleged evidence of, you know, corruption going on with Joe Biden and all this shit. But yet nothing's taking place. And this is always like something that happens because, you know, 2024 is coming up, although it's still 
a time from now. But 2024 is coming up, so, you know, people are ready to just throw their chips into whoever. They're going to use, you know, I just didn't expect the Republicans to be on this bullshit either. Because now it's just, all right, one side's trying to indict Trump. The other side is trying to get fucking Biden up out of here. Now, it seems to me that the argument for Biden has a little bit more meat to it because he's been pretty much dealing with office, dealing with government for fucking 50 years now. So you can imagine the uh, possible corruption that took place all those years. Now, the allegations allegedly were about um, dealings with the Ukraine way before the situation where Russia took off. And amongst other things. But then on the other side, you got Trump who ale- who allegedly, air quotes, bullshit air quotes, allegedly um, sexually assaulted or sexually harassed one woman, allegedly. And then you got the Stormy Daniels hush money, uh, hush money allegedly. And, like, even if it was, like, it's a fucking porn star. And she's washed up. What's her name? Um, whatever that whore's name is. She's washed up. This is another example of an old, defeated, despicable, disenfranchised, literally disenfranchised hoe looking for a payoff. Now, I don't know how that shit went. The whole indictment shit, I don't know how that shit gone. I know this nigga's still moving around talking shit, so that's something. But yeah, all these people who created you got to really look into it. This is why, like, like the whole wokeness and the whole anti-white ideology almost comes from the liberal whites. These were the people who pretty much had dealings with uh, black celebrities, black musicians. They would always get a select few to go out there and grab the demographic that they need to get some votes. That's It's always been that way. Well, it hasn't always been that way. I would say from like the 60s, it's been that way. When like, I would say like pop culture, like pop culture really got involved in everything that was taking place. Like where politics which at one time would be considered taboo to talk about publicly. Nowadays, anybody and everybody, including myself, will talk about it. What the? It's a conversation. And I find politics to be a little bit more meaningful than in typical conversations about about women. Well, not just women, but, you know, dusty 304 bitches.
So really, I just, I do it at this point because I like to get a tad bit more political, especially from a black conservative perspective. I think we need more education and we need to help people in the inner city more to cut down crime there. Uh, conservatives would say we have to be tougher on crime. Is either of them correct? Oh, I, I don't know. You see, well, the conservative view is really not a, not a solution. It's a, it's a trade-off. It says, yes, it would be wonderful if we could do all these things to prevent crime in the first place. We just don't happen to be that smart. And so what we do, we put people behind bars who commit violent crimes. Now, a few years ago in East Palo Alto, which is not far from Stanford University, a minority community, low income, they had the doubtful distinction of being the murder capital of the United States in proportion to their population. Uh, the next year, murder and all sorts of other violent crimes dropped tremendous amount, 30, 40, 50 percent in one year. Now, that wasn't because they discovered the root causes of crime or because they worked out everything that was wonderful. They launched a campaign that put a lot of the bad guys behind bars. And when they were behind bars, they didn't commit as many crimes. <laughs> uh, makes sense to me. And, and the thing that this is, this, 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 you know, even in a high crime area, the great majority of the people are not criminals. And so if you can just put your hands on those people who are raising all the, all the hell in the community and take them out of circulation, the crime rate drops. People say there's undue uh, emphasis on African-Americans for committing crimes. Is that true? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't, wrote it all a column here that the population is 25 percent African-American in New York. Sixty two percent of the crimes are committed by African-Americans. And he said, I haven't, I haven't checked his figures, but, all, but yeah, throughout the world, this is this is this is not not unusual throughout the world. People are disproportionately represented in all kinds of different things. And it's true, obviously, in basketball. It's true in all kinds of other things. Uh, the main thing is not is not to keep people out of jail because they're one race or another, because when you do that, the people who are going to suffer the most will be the black community. Where are you on affirmative action? Against. Why? Well, you can only do one of two things. You can either just uh, judge people individually or you can judge them by groups. This whole notion that you're going to come out with a compromise, I would defy anybody to come out with a compromise on that. You're going to do one of those two things. Now, you can pretend to be doing other things, but that's all you're going to do. That's, those are the only two choices you really have in the end. Uh, again, the people who are the anointed think of this as a symbolic issue, and they want to be on the side of the angels. They don't ask, what are the consequences? Now, I've studied affirmative action programs around the world. One of the consequences is that those people who are more fortunate in the group that has the preferences, those people take the lion's share of the preferences. Very often, those at the other end of the scale poorer people, uh, actually fall further behind. That's true of black share. It's true of Malays in Malaysia. It's true of various groups in India. Uh, and there are reasons for that. Uh, you know, that you, you can say you must have a certain proportion. Nothing is easier than for an employer who, would, who might otherwise locate, let's say, in the Bronx, to locate out in Provo, Utah, where he will be not near any black people, and therefore he will never have lawsuits, and the jobs will be in Provo, and people will wonder why don't people, you know, uh, here have more jobs. Uh, it never seems to occur to liberals that other people are not blocks of wood. That when you set up certain incentives, they will react to them in certain ways. And when they do that, the result may be the opposite of what you set out to do. How do the anointed refer to people they don't agree with? All sorts of ways. But I think the main thing is they believe that uh, you're not merely in error, but in sin. In other words, they can't believe that you're just mistaken. Uh, you, must have, uh, you must have sold out. You must have uh, must be something warped about you. You guys are for the rich. Mm. You guys only care about the rich guys. Mm. Uh, answer that. How do you how do you respond? Liberal says conservatives only care about rich people. 
Well, one of the things I go into in the book is that the whole notion of rich is ridiculous, uh, that most Americans don't stay in the same income bracket, even for one decade. So the same guy who is, quote, rich now was 20 years ago, probably in the bottom 20 percent. I mean, I was on a cruise recently, a luxury cruise, and the guy said, you know, if someone had told me when I was growing up that I would end up on a cruise like this, I would have said, get real, man. You know, that uh, very few people are in that same income bracket the whole time. Right. The genuinely rich and the genuinely poor, I would estimate to be no more than 3% of the American people. Really? Put together. Really? Yes. Genuinely poor. Now, they, you know, I'm seeing numbers like when they were talking about health care, they said, uh, what, 30, 20, 30 million people couldn't afford it or something? Uh, several million of those were making more than $50,000 a year. So it was not. See, this is one of the things that you know they do. They never believe that people make choices. There are people who make who have the money. They they prefer to put that money into a BMW rather than have rather than. Take a lot of young people didn't want health care. They they were betting on their health. Absolutely, and yeah. then this allows them to buy more stuff they want to buy. So it's not a question that they couldn't afford it. It's a question they don't choose to spend the money. What about uh, mean spirited? Conservatives are mean spirited. They're they're bigots. They don't like people. Well, you know, one of the things I, I, I tell people, people say, you know, you you're you're a very uh, tough person. I, I'm not tough. Life is tough. I'm merely trying to acquaint you with the, with those facts. You know, back in the '60s, Lyndon Johnson announced a war on poverty. Mm. Am I wrong? But there are more poor people. I mean, in other words, today they than they were then. Yes. Yeah, there are more poor people. Yes. I mean, this was a hell of a war. We lost it apparently because for the last thirty years we've been dumping money into these poverty programs. Oh, absolutely. Where's the money go? Oh, it, it, it supports a whole industry of people who uh, run those programs. We talk is. about those programs, research those programs, bureaucrats, and so on. Doesn't help poor people. No. Uh, the tragedy you see is that the anointed really want to make symbolic statements. And running these programs makes those symbolic statements. They don't really care if in the, in the wake of affirmative action, for example, companies start locating away from minority communities so they don't even get involved in legal action. They don't care about that. They've made their statement on the side of the angels, and that's what's important. Have you ever debated Jesse Jackson? No, I haven't. Is that because, would you like to, or would he not want to do that? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, I've You'd be more, willing to, I assume. Oh, I, it, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I uh, think that's too much showbiz. It is. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there are people who go out and do this, and I, I'm doing less and less of it. See, guys like Thomas Sowell, he, he would have fried um, Jesse Jackson. Seriously. He would have fried him, man. He would have fried him. It would have been worth listening, though. Especially around this time, 1995. I think it's 95, 96, if I'm not mistaken. All the things, most of the things that he's saying, you can easily connect it to the current events, which is why I didn't even, I wasn't even talking. I just wanted to, to listen. I downloaded this on the go, along with the last video by Fish. Just to get an episode out there, we're almost through this uh, this video, so let's just go through the rest of it. Tell them the story of an, of an African uh, boxing champion who fought an Irishman in St. Patrick's Day, Day in Dublin, and he lost his title on what the sports writers called a questionable decision. <laughs> yes. So you have to know what forum you're talking about. Right. I was, I was, I saw Shelby Steele on with him, and I said, you know, if Jesse Jackson and Shelby Steele each had to present a two-hour lecture to an audience with an average IQ of 120, Shelby would wipe him out. But if they had five seconds each on Donahue, it would be Jesse Jackson all the way. Right. So everything depends upon the forum. Uh, is Jesse Jackson good for African-Americans or no, not? He's, he's not. good for himself. 
good for himself. And that's true of most ethnic leaders and most groups in most countries and most periods of history. There it is. That what will make, what will serve his interest is to Mob mentality. paranoid, dependent upon him, dependent upon government. What will serve their interest is typically just the opposite. That's pretty interesting. So you're saying that the, the leaders, whatever group, yeah. whatever yeah. leader, wants the people to be poor and dependent on them as opposed to dependent on themselves. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, you see this in the greatest cynicism in the academic world, where in many places, uh, black uh, organizations on campus have a say on who gets admitted. And they have turned down blacks with excellent credentials, both as students and as faculty members. Uh, for that very reason. Who are the mascots of the anointed? You talk about the mascots of the anointed. They're people whom, whom they choose to um, back and whose rights are supposed to override other people's rights. The homeless are a classic example. Uh, I'm, I'm appalled when I see people out there in the street uh, giving money to the, to the home. I'm able-bodied men. Yeah. I mean, one of the classic pictures to me was in San Francisco when there was this uh, able-bodied white man out in the street begging. And there's this black lady coming along there, uh, very modestly dressed like she didn't have, but she's stopping to open her purse to give him some money, you know. And I thought, good heavens, have we really come to this? And we've been brainwashed by the anointed into thinking this is what we ought to do. What do you say to guys who bum money off of you? Not all of it can be repeated on, on, on the air. <laughs> but the fact is they don't get any money. They don't. And, I, and people who complain now about all these people begging in the street, as a simple answer, don't give them money and they won't be in the street. When you wrote this, what were you trying to accomplish with the book and did you do it? Did, were you nailing liberals for 30 years of social policy? What were you trying to say? I was trying to reveal the thinking behind that, the kinds of assumptions, the kind of world that exists inside their mind, and therefore why those assumptions are so dangerous in the long run. It's not just the policies mentioned in, those, in that, in that they book. They think they're better than everybody else. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. Uh, and that's what makes them dangerous. Uh, even all the policies that are mentioned there, 20 years from now, those policies may not be the policies we're concerned about. But that mindset will still be there. And what makes them tremendously dangerous is that facts that contradict what they believe are simply ignored or evaded. There it is. Where does the press fall into this there as the minority group? Are they part of the Oh, United? absolutely. They're a major part of it because one of the reasons that people don't get many of the facts that go against what's believed is that the press doesn't choose to publicize those. 1995, once again. <laughs> I should just call this 1995 Thomas Sowell. Matter of fact, this is the black conservative showcase. I'm just going to name it that right away. The Black Conservative Showcase, Thomas Sowell, once again, from 1995. <sighs> Doesn't it not go hand in hand? Does it not go hand in hand with what's currently going on today, 2023? Give me an example of something the press might not cover or cover well. Oh, a few years, a few years ago, there was a story about um, prenatal care among blacks, that black women get less prenatal care than white women infant mortality rate is higher among the blacks. They immediately assume that one causes the other. Now, I, now I, one of the things I like to do is go back to the original source and find out what it said. I went back. On the very same page where it said that, it, the, the figure showed Mexican-Americans get even less prenatal care than blacks, and they have a lower infant mortality rate than whites. So infant mort prenatal care and infant mortality rate have nothing to do with each other. If you break it down further, uh, black women who have only a high school education, but who are married, 
Their children have lower infant mortality rates than white women who have a college education who are unwed mothers. So it's not race, it's not income, it's not education, it's lifestyle. When you live a certain way, there are consequences to that. The media doesn't want to want to, want to accept that. Because if you say people's lifestyles have a lot to do with the outcome, then there's no room for the anointed. Wow. Thomas Sowell. All right, guys. A lot of information there, man. whole lot of information, which is why I didn't want to speak over it. So just take all that in. For me right now, I'm about to just get ready to wrap this up. I mean, this is technically a test episode. Just to see if the audio is fine. This, in fact, has been recording close to 53 minutes in. I would have called this the Black Conservative Showcase if I didn't play Replicant Fish before this. But it's all good. This is the non-structured, excuse me, a non-structured, laid-back type episode. All my notes that I also had on my phone, they're gone. It's over for that. So I got to, you know, do a lot of brainstorming. I think this week is going to be pretty busy. So because of that, I may try to do something tomorrow morning. Or if I can't, I may do 40, 45 minutes. I'll go over one video. I got to reformat everything on my phone. So it's like the podcast now. It all sounds bootleg. What the? Shit sounds a bit janky. I already know it. I don't give a fuck. Starting from the ground up once again, man. Pretty much three point. What is it? Three point three. I don't want to go on my phone. Possibly fuck up the recording. Three point three. Three point four thousand. Strong. We're on the way to four K. On the way to four K, man. And it's funny, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny because my phone, my phone was fucked up on Friday. My cousin's phone was fucked up earlier today. And he said it was the same issue as mine, like the phone wouldn't charge. So that's fucked up. Kind of fucked up my weekend a little bit. Had to spend money that I didn't want to spend on another phone. I was I was I was just about to actually set something up um, on the laptop, but the laptop, the uh, mic, the built-in mic is trash, and I don't want to buy a mic and do everything just completely off the laptop. I want to do a lot of my things um, on the go. I'm I'm thinking about getting like a tablet to get like a real a real high end tablet. I can use that to record episodes maybe in the near future. But other than that, I'm not trying to uh use my laptop for recording. It's just fucking trash. I only use it to make beats. But yeah. 
new phone. Still got to get a lot more sounds on the soundboard, build everything up to where it used to be, if not better. But we still got some, we still got some sound effects on here though. They're not the best, but we're starting off. I mean, the shotgun should already, you know, you know that's cool. We got Joe Biden with the with the whole poor kids. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. You know what I mean? Then we got Biden out of pocket. That's a big game, man. <laughs> That's a big game, man. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know, we got the mission fail call of duty. Mission fail. We'll get them next time. All right. And so far, one of my favorite ones. You're dumb fucking Oh, I want to edit that real quick. Let me see if I can edit this. Am I still recording while editing this? Editing. Yes, I am. Good. Yeah, I want to I want to edit this. Hold on. You're dumb fucking dumb <laughs> All right, hold up. I think I got it. <laughs> there it is, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I just uh, edit that on the fly, man. Just edited that on the fly. Alright, so I got the long version, which is just him repeating it over and over again, which is this. Holy shit! Holy shit! And I got the short version that I just edited. Hold up. That's great, man. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Oh my god, that is wonderful, man. Yeah, I mean. Uh oh. Wiped him out, you know what I mean? But anyway. Oh, a tango down, too. Tango down. Alright. But yeah, man, gotta grab some more sounds. Definitely. But, as I always say, in the meantime and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition, laid back edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. Signing out. Peace. <laughs>